Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie V. Today, we're talking... Neighbors. Hey, neighbor. Just whoever. You don't get a choice. Just the guy who lives next to you. You really... Gosh, you really can't choose them. And they can really do you devious style, too. Like, you can have a good set when you move in and they leave and you get some crappy ones. Right. And you know, it really sucks. Like, you'll get good neighbors and then they'll all leave and they'll all get replaced with new weird neighbors and they just... It's not the same. It's just... It is absolutely not the same. I gotta say, before we even say the first complaint about a neighbor, I feel like we've been blessed with some really good ones. Yeah, we have decent ones currently. I, I just be grateful for all of my immediate neighbors who are chill and friendly and seem to be okay people. The ones that are like immediately up against our house, like on yeah. either side and behind us, like the ones who actually touch our property, they're all fine. Those are the what big... What more can you ask? Those are the big neighbors. You can never control the man down the street. Right, right. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> Have you ever had a bad neighbor, yes. Natalie? Yes, I've had so many neighbors. First off, I've moved in my life so many times that I've had a bazillion neighbors. And I remember so many neighbors from my entire life. You remember them all? Yes, I remember a lot of them. Sure. Would you say in your life you've had more neighbors or friends? Probably more neighbors. Cause I'm, I'm kind of not a people person. <laughs> So that's something to think about. You can pick your friends. You can spend time with your friends. But if you add them all up, you probably have more neighbors than friends. Right. I mean, any house you lived in had like three, probably three neighbors, at, immediate neighbors. At least. And hey, if you're, if you're catty corner neighbors, you know, if your neighbor's neighbor is not good, boy, you're going to know. And you know, where we live, it's just like a little block that's kind of like cut off from the rest of the street. And it's just like one block and two sides of the street. It feels like everyone on the street's your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, everything here's a grid. When you go out in your front yard, everyone can see you. Right. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> When it comes to the yard, I subscribe to like the the mullet setup. The front of it is nice and tidy. Just green grass. Just Nothing let to it, see here, sir. Just let it blend in. Cut it once a week, roughly the same height as everybody else's. It's all good. In the backyard, that's where the crazy shit goes down. Right. We got some kind of tree that drops weird things. Yeah. Oh, our grass is purple flowers. Yeah. <laughs> all the grass has been replaced with Creeping vines and clover. What is it called? Like asshole Charlie? It's or something called like that? Creepy Charlie. Creepy Charlie. <laughs> I don't mind it. I mean, you could just walk on it. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't I just, grow long. I pull it back when it starts growing into the garden beds. I just pull it back. Right. Feel free to take over the grass. Who needs that? Is a plant in your yard, is that your neighbor? Yeah, I would say so. So they definitely have more neighbors and friends because there's like millions of grasses in my yard. I think some people think about them and their plants. They think that they own the plant. And that's true in a legal sense, but the law is also immoral. I believe that the animals and plants that live in my yard would be there whether I was here or not. And so I feel yeah. like all of the animals and all of the plants and all of the bugs who live in my yard are my neighbors. And I don't ever really worry too much about getting rid of them. Like, it's fine. It's just the world, man. You can live here too. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta live outside. That's part of being in the world is you accept that all the all the animals that live in your yard, you gotta leave them to live in your yard. I feel like just because you take care of something doesn't mean you own it. Right, I would agree with that. I mean, you have to, at some point, you have to say, I, I own my dog. But like, more often than not, that's like, owned. 
I mean, do you own your dog? Do you own your kid? I wouldn't say I own my kid. I would say if you have to, I would say if you have a little guy in your house and all you do is scuttle around and do stuff for your little guy and feed him special guy food. Right. <laughs> I mean, not to be a bumper sticker, but I think you were the one getting owned. <laughs> I would agree with that. So, who is your first neighbor you remember? Oh, see, uh, when I was a kid, I, I grew up east of Cincinnati, and I think my first neighbors I remember were kids across the street and very lightly played with them. I feel like we didn't have anything in common with those kids across the street, but they were all right. They were fine. I think one of them was a couple years older than me. One of them was a couple years younger than me. It means absolutely nothing, which means uh, in, in present day, assuming the best, one is 44 and one is 40. <laughs> So now we're very similar ages, but when you're four, it's hard to do anything with a two-year-old. Right. And when you're four, it's hard to, to do very much with a six-year-old, except lose at games to them. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I remember them. I'll tell you what, don't remember their mom at all. I remember their dad. Their dad was named Charlie, which is a really solid name. And he worked at a factory where they made little pellets that they used to grind other things. And sometimes when I saw him, he would give me some of the pellets. <laughs> Here you go, buddy. <laughs> he would always come home. He had the classic uniform that had the patch on it that said Charlie in script. Yeah. Sometimes he'd be like, hey. And I'd be like, hey. And he'd give me a little handful of these little like ceramic cylinders or something. He's like, like the, here you go. Like the ball mill shit. Yeah. Just like little individual objects that you would throw in a tumbler to grind something else. I think ultimately they would put airplane parts in them. I think they made them. They made all the stuff out east of town and then they took them over to GE where they made the airplane engines. And I think they used them to grind the engines smooth or something. I had an idea for an invention one time where it would be something like that, like a ball mill, only it would be maybe five gallon size. And you would put water and some ceramic balls or something in it, and then you would put your new t-shirts in them to make them look like old t-shirts. No, that's smart. That is smart. You'd probably have to do it inside out because it would probably scrape the print off your shirt pretty fast. Yeah, that'd make the fabric soft, though. Yeah. That would be nice. See, the, that chemical fabric softener stuff, that doesn't do what you want it to. No, nothing works like scraping it around on stuff. You just need sustained mechanical action. Right. Don't don't we all? You know what would be great is like maybe make one that is like pedal powered so you could just like oh. you could exercise and make your shirt old at the same time. Like the guy in Soylent Green. <laughs> did he do that in Soylent? Oh yeah, he had to turn his electricity yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> this would just be like for making your t-shirts old looking. <laughs> a little pedal power. Mm -hmm. So you, you get, get a little fitness, you get a good t-shirt, watch little YouTubes, pedal your shirts to, to oldness. Maybe I would attach it to your bike. <laughs> 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 Think about it. Just because I ride a bike all the time and the bike doesn't do anything except resist me riding it. Yeah. <laughs> if it also made noises like a, like a bag of rocks going down the stairs. I love that sound. Uh -huh. That's fantastic. Crack, crack, crack. Anyway, when I was a kid, the first neighbors I remember are all like the girls in the neighborhood. And when I think back on my childhood, basically the only thing I remember doing was all of the girls in the neighborhood until I probably got to be mm, 
middle school maybe. The only thing I can remember doing ever is inventing dance routines. Really? That was like the main activity. So how would that go? Would you pick a song? First, we would play makeup. Okay. Put makeup on. Okay. We would get looking hot. Oh, well, looking yeah. Looking great. Yeah. Just like when they do traditional Japanese calligraphy, there's a ritual you go through to, to grind the pigment and stuff. Right. That was your calligraphy. Right. Just put the makeup on, find an outfit, and then we would pick a jam out, and then we would fight over how the dance went. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever lock it down or was it all Oh yeah, we would get them? we would get dances together and then we would make people watch them. Okay. Okay. And then they would go, "Great job, girls." And we like, "Yeah, we're pretty dope." <laughs> <laughs> But I remember it from like when I was like in preschool and kindergarten and we used to always do it to like Madonna songs and like 80s like pop music. And I remember like being slightly older and doing it to like glam metal hair metal bands from like the late 80s. Like Warrant? Yeah. I definitely remember doing Warrant. We did Pour Some Sugar On Me. Yeah. We did whatever one. Uh, we did some uh, Motley Crue jams. I remember then like progressing into like my fourth and fifth grade years and it was always like paula abdul shit oh yeah and then we would do dances to that instead she had so many dances and she did it with a a furry cat it was like a furry cat it was like a cat but it was like a hip-hop cat that had a, <laughs> and it had a person's body right and it was always in b-boy stance right <laughs> She was big shit, like, in the dance lesson scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that freestyle-type music. Right. That was hot. Right. If you were dancing, that was hot. I was not I was not ever a dancer. I was. I We talked about this before. That was, like, my main shit until I got hit by a car. <laughs> you know what's real funny is uh, I remember I really wasn't listening to music. And, and in the time period before I started, like, getting CDs, well, I got tapes and CDs and I got into music, I uh, would try to listen to the radio because I had, like, a little radio Walkman. And I eventually settled on uh, listening to this radio station. And I really don't. And I must have been, like, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And I listened to this radio station. It was called, like, The Joy of Sound or something. <laughs> And it would play... <laughs> it sounds like something you would listen to. And it would play, like... It seems impossible that it ever existed, but it played, like jazz in in fusion and like funk and stuff and then i started getting cds and i was like oh well, i can't control what they play on that like so i'm gonna go to cds and then i remember later i went to try to find it and it was gone it was total twilight zone the joy yeah. of sound never actually existed yeah but occasionally because i have this fixation on like instrumental music just i listen to it all the time when i'm working or driving or whatever it's just so pleasant and i'll i'll always be digging up stuff from the 70s and early 80s and sometimes it'll like touch a neuron all the way back in the back of my brain like i've heard this somewhere i have mm -hmm. no idea where it may have been on the radio a billion years ago i was like very much always into music like a lot of people talk about like oh i didn't start getting cds or whatever until i was in middle school i was always into music i was always listening to the radio when i was like in kindergarten in preschool my dad would buy me 45s all the time i had all kinds of boy george 45s all kinds of tears for fears i was like a fucking serious tears for fears head back in the day <laughs> <laughs> and I still fucking love Tears for Fears. But I always listened to that kind of shit. And then I was taking dance lessons so much. And so I was always like aware of what the popular pop music was. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have always, I have forever been out of the loop. Except I remember, uh. 
gosh, when was it? It must have been 85 or 86 or something. Uh, they would just play regular stuff on the radio, and I was out somewhere, and I heard Axel F, which was <laughs> yeah. uh, the theme from Beverly Hills Cop, or it was a, a song on the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack by Harold Faltermeyer. Right, sure. And I heard it, and I'd never, I'd never heard anything like this because my parents were academics. So they would play, when I was a little kid, they would play uh, Beethoven, arguably one of the worst classical composers, but that's neither here nor there. They would play Beethoven for me, and uh, they would play Debussy, and they would play these composers they liked, Ravel, and stuff like that. And they would sometimes play a little jazz or a little Beatles-type shit, right? So I grew up, and I only listened to this stuff, and then my mom would only listen to country music in the car. So I had only listened to, like, classical music and like a little tiny bit of like old jazz like big band swing jazz the worst kind of jazz really and i was just out somewhere i don't know where and axel f started playing and i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> and for i mean if you're not nine thousand years old that is the crazy frog song now it's <laughs> it's known as the crazy frog song now the original version did not have the brum, brum, brum. It didn't have, yeah, it didn't the have the, noises. it did not have the frogs scatting on the, <laughs> honest to God, I was like, what the fuck even is this? You can just make shit like this and they'll put it on the radio. This is probably the coolest fucking song I've ever heard. I did have that happen to me, like when I was in middle school, like at probably the time when other people listened to, started listening to music that they like. Like I was always listening to pop music and stuff. And then when I was like 10 or 11, I heard Dinosaur Jr. And I was like, oh, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is, this is my new shit. Friendship ended with Paul Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to really grindy, loud shit now. I, this is just what I'm going to be into from here, this is my from shit here from, on out. From here on out, yeah. And that, I mean, that was the end of the dance routine, clearly. Well, I got hit by a car. Oh. That was the end of the dance routine. Okay. I actually okay. won like a whole bunch of like competitions and stuff and then yeah. I got hit by a car and it was like in the middle of like one of my dance routines where I was working on and never got to the end of it. My last oh. dance routine. It was fine though because I, I wasn't into it because my dance teacher wanted me to do it to wipe out that one. Oh God, that is the... W because she, because it was like really fast and so she thought I'd be able to do a bunch of jumps and tricks and shit. And then I got hit by a car. I was like, I ain't doing shit, bitch. <laughs> I mean, really, after the after the 50s, like, and honestly, I don't know how that shit even hit for people in the 50s, but after the 50s is over, like, making people listen to that, that's like the wonder bread of music. Well, you know, I think the thing is, is that in the 80s and in the early 90s, people were nostalgic for the 50s in the same way that people are nostalgic for the 90s now. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. And so, like, we could be now in 2022 being like, why would you fucking do a dance to wipe out? Like, well... Well, why are all my daughter's friends wearing Nirvana shirts? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Natalie, I think I may have forgotten to ask you. Why? Tell me. Why? 
right. What is a neighborhood? Oh, God. A neighborhood is a geographically localized community within a larger city, town, suburb, or rural area, sometimes consisting of a single street and the buildings lining it. They are often social communities with considerable face-to-face interaction among members. Okay. So that is that is the general idea of it. Something I've been thinking of is you live in a suburb, you have a house, your neighbors have houses. Mm-hmm. You look next door, your neighbor's house is the closest house to yours. Clearly, they're your neighbor. I just called them your neighbor. Right, sure. Well, how about the person on the other side of them? Are they your neighbor too? Clearly. They're your neighbor. Yeah. They live on your street. Mr. Rogers would say that's your neighbor. Yeah. I, You know, I think my definition where I draw the line with a neighbor, if I got someone's mail on my porch, if they were my neighbor, I would go drop it off at their house. If they are not my neighbor, I would give it back to the mailman. Okay. Okay. Because I've gotten mail for people like a half mile away. Like they've lived. If they're not on my street, no way, Jose. What if they're three streets away? No. But they're in they're in your subdivision. No. You wouldn't, okay? Because I I would, because on. I would get back to the mailman. I would just do that because I don't know what it is, and I would hate for somebody that if they were shouting, I could hear them in my yard. I would hate for like them to have a one week delay on their insulin because. I mean, if it's obviously their insulin, I mean. Clearly, but well, I mean, it's rarely insulin that shows up at the it's, house. It's always something from Amazon. Right. Yeah, if it was from if it was from uh, Johnny's Selected Insulin. <laughs> you like, might, you would go hand deliver But it. you know, the people in the street behind us, aside from the ones directly touching our yard, I don't consider them our neighbors because those neighbors, like on the next street over, will have loud parties. They're not my neighbor. Who are these fuckers? Why is their music so loud? I don't even know who they are. They're not my neighbor. But if it was like Jim Bob in the house behind us having a party, be like eh, they don't do that very often god bless them right <laughs> yeah a- absolutely it's a familiarity that makes it okay with you i will listen to the party of someone who i know and i'm friendly right with. but if i don't know you i don't know your name i don't know like if you have kids or, like anything about you at all and, and i can hear your party i don't need to hear your party okay okay i think we're drawing some lines here good <laughs> I think if I were at a city council meeting, I would say anybody in my little vicinity, because there's like subdivisions, Mm -hmm. your area of town, that's like this little consolidated city or whatever. And then, I mean, 50,000 people live in, what is it, nine square miles here. Mm -hmm. So I would not consider necessarily somebody on the other side of this little of this little mini city to be my neighbor. But if I were speaking at a city council meeting, I would say, hello, neighbors. Right. Right. That person's my neighbor. We have a common government and I'm sure we have, you know, common climate. If my power goes out, your power goes out. Mm, I feel like when it comes to people at city council meeting, our interests are different. Some people are like trying to tear down their house so they can sell a lot and build a massage parlor. Some people are living in a neighborhood of town that is filled with rats from all the construction. It's all different. Like different. Yeah. Some people are mad about them building up the busy street near their house. Oh yeah. But no, there's like everyone has different concerns. They're not our neighbors. But I would address them as neighbors to engender sympathy. Well, then you're being disingenuous. (laughs) You're manipulating them with false intimacy. Well, sure. That's what do you think city council is doing? 
we're talking about hashing out what neighbor means. Okay, so the folks down on the corner, the nice old guy down on the corner, when we moved in, he made us a birdhouse. He was always my, one of my favorite neighbors. I love yes, him. he was our neighbor. Okay, okay. When I used to see him mowing his yard, he passed this, this past year or whatever. When I used to see him mowing his yard, I would wave at him every time. Yeah, yeah. So he was four or five houses down, three or four or five houses down, but he was my neighbor. Okay, yeah, yeah. I knew his name. I knew his wife's name. Yeah. I would stand and chit-chat with him in front of their house. He gave us birdhouses. That is like a neighborly relationship. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What about somebody that lives uh, down the way, a couple streets over and down the way, but you know them because of school? Uh, I would not consider like them that. my neighbor. You wouldn't consider no. them your neighbor? No. Okay, very interesting. I think my definition of neighbor is a lot wider than yours. My definition of neighbor is that you need to be like in the little plot of land where they built like like just like the definition said a section of street and all the buildings that are facing on that section of street those are those are people who are my potential neighbors there may be a couple or two or three houses on the street where i do not know the people in there and i so i do not have a neighborly relationship with them and i would not recognize them and so to me there is not the relationship the neighborly relationship i think that is the backbone of it you know what is the worst now i will say there have been some people that moved out and we got some new neighbors and the new neighbors are nicer you love to have an upgrade right we had an upgrade with one of our neighbors they were okay they moved out folks who moved in are very nice big neighbor upgrade sometimes you get somebody where you knew the folks in the house and you would see them and they knew your name and they would chit chat with you uh -huh, right uh -huh. they move out and a couple fucking normies with big american flags move in and you see them and you're like hey how's it going and they're like hi yeah, right. I don't, I've been here before you. You're the weirdo. Right, right. We had a neighbor also who was like the most condescending, horrible woman I've ever known in my entire life. She was the most <laughs> uptight, condescending, like not chill. No, like, no. I was not a fan. She moved and the people who moved into her house were completely neutral. I don't think I've ever talked to them. They've never made any noises. I've never noticed them doing anything. All their clothing is based. Yeah, they are very much like a minivan commercial family. Like if someone's about to buy a Lexus and they have the scene where it's like Christmas morning and all the people run out to touch the car, but all the people are so nondescript that you don't really notice anything except for the car. <laughs> it's those guys. <laughs> Like, you never watch a car commercial and be like, can you see that kid's shirt? No, you never see, no. Then they're all wearing beige. That dad was weird looking. No, I didn't even notice the dad. What did he look like? <laughs> There was a dad. I heard it's like they're like shadow people. Only they're like people colored instead of just being forms. I mean, that's got to be a, a good gig. Just like the absolute like artificial intelligence generated white dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, look, you can put me in any commercial. Nobody will ever recognize me on the street. You can put me in another commercial for your competitor. Nobody would notice it was the same guy. <laughs> You're so recognizable that you were on Google Images and they blurred your face out. You can still recognize you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> 
it's not in it's not in the current Google image set, but if you're a member of the Discord, I'll post the link if you remember. If you me. have before, it's like one of the all-time best photos. If you're not a member of the Discord, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity, that's the smart thing to do. Right. Only people who are cool enough to like really accept their lot shuffle into the Discord and peep the high-level combos we got going on. You know, you're really on the level, so just make it official. So, I think, like, when it comes to, like, neighbory stuff, I've been thinking about this kind of stuff recently. Like, what kind of situation you want in your life. And I really feel like what I want the most is to have a situation that is as close to Animal Crossing as possible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't need anything fancy. I just need, like, ten neighbors who will be like, hey, how's it going? And I'd be like, I have an apple. They'd be like, you want a t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? If you want to see your neighbor on Animal Crossing, you have to go so far the earth curves. <laughs> We're very lucky to not be in the immediate vicinity of anybody who ever, like, bothers us doing anything irrational. But I will say that really the the suburban life, I've tried to be fine with it for a long time. And I think maybe it's coming up on me being not a suburban guy anymore. Yeah. The sound of the, the chainsaws? I don't know. Our neighborhood is full of trees and they're all still here. I don't know what people are cutting. Just There's branches. chainsaws. There's chainsaws going every day. There's leaf blowers. There's not even fall and leaf blowing constantly. What are you blowing? Just constantly. Just blowing grass clippings, I guess. Imagine caring about it. Grinding, cutting. There's always something happening outside, and it's uh, it's always like industrial machinery. I don't mind hearing children playing in the street. That's nice. That's a pleasant sound. Hearing people, you know, if your neighbors are sitting out in the yard talking, having a few people over, hanging out, whatever, that's pleasant. That's nice. That's people ambiently having a good time because there's nothing bad happening. Right. That's like good, calm brain sound. Like the screaming of a leaf blower that I have to like drown out before it drives me crazy or sets my tinnitus off. <laughs> I think I might just be turning into an out in the woods guy, maybe. I have been campaigning to run away to the woods for a long time. Well, things have changed in the past couple of years. I'm over people in general. You know what my thing is? Is I'm tired of the clutter. I'm tired of living somewhere where they're just cramming in more and more and more and more and more and try cramming in so much so it's like you have no room and the buildings are right on top of you. Well, I feel like the guy saying my uncle ain't a monkey about a five plus one condo ain't a neighbor. Yeah. I have a serious, I'm sure I've said this before, I have a serious simulation feeling about those buildings. Nobody sees them come and go. According to The Economist and Business Insider, all they do is eat DoorDash, but I never see a single driver. Uh-huh. What is happening? Does anybody live there? They keep building them. The lights are on. Sometimes they put OSU blankets on their little fake balconies. I guess people theoretically live there, just more of the beige people from the car commercial. Right. <laughs> There's no way they're real. Right. I, you know, I heard that those five plus ones are just basically like a scam for like hedge fund people where they will throw them up real fast and then collect all of the tax breaks 
and all that stuff. It doesn't matter, like, if they're totally filled up because they can write off the empty empty spaces on their taxes. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the tax incentives expire, then the building is a piece of shit now because they threw it up so fast and it's just made of wet drywall. <laughs> and so then by time tax incentives are done, then they just rip the buildings down and it's no love lost. But you know what? It is love lost because what they're doing is tearing down buildings that have historical significance and architectural significance and like people are attached to them and they are landmarks in the city where people have lived for decades and they tear these things down to put up this garbage that is going to be torn down within 10 years because it is the cheapest shit ever and the the idea of the luxury condos is being sold to i think who they're gearing it towards is like 20 20 to 30 year old yuppies yeah right that's who they want to move in but i feel like people in apartment buildings i never felt like uh, i had a good relationship or even knew my neighbors when i lived in an apartment building like that yeah like i would try to meet my neighbors i mean you know me i'm always like hanging out outside and always chatting with people and stuff but i felt like people didn't want to know me yeah i mean whenever i lived in apartment buildings i always do everybody yeah and i always talk to them all the time and i always like drink with them and stuff but i also feel like I lived in, again, an old building. I always lived in old buildings where they were not air conditioned. And so it was more communal and more common because there was like porches where everyone would sit Mm -hmm. or there would be courtyards where everyone would sit and everyone would be out there because everyone lived in an old building with no air conditioning. And so it was like there was more common experience and shared experience in sharing the common areas of where you lived. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. When I went and visited you when you lived down in Cincinnati, your apartment was like a hotel to me. It had hotel vibes. It cost $400 a month. I mean, it was, I mean, to me, I was like a garbage person. I made $4,000 a year. I had never lived in an apartment with carpet. Your apartment had carpet and it was clean and everything in it was clean. And it looked like someone had taken care of it at some point and it smelled clean and it smelled like a hotel. So it was not, and it had air conditioning. And I had never had air conditioning in my life. I was like, this guy's a prince. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I never had air conditioning. Actually, I had never had air conditioning in my entire life, aside from like a couple heat waves when I was a child. And then I would go into my grandmother's bedroom because it was so hot because she had a window unit. Yeah. That was the only air conditioning I ever experienced. And then I went my whole entire life with no air conditioning. And then I went back to my mom's house like a few years after I moved out and she had the air conditioning on. And I was like, when did you get air conditioning? And she's like, we've always had air conditioning. That bitch just didn't turn it on. Oh my god. She let us roast for our entire lives. Just never turned it on. <laughs> you had it the whole time? Uh-huh. <sighs> <laughs> that is not a neighborly thing That's, to do. No, it's not. It's not. But now I'm like, I can't live without air conditioning. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Stay cold, I guess. Anyway, so yeah. I mean, I was always friendly with all my neighbors, but I feel like there is like more commonality with being poor and being miserable. Well, yeah. When I moved up here and then our, our apartment had that courtyard, I would always run into people. And we used to hang out in the courtyard. And I yeah. used to make you go out in the courtyard and do tequila shots and shit with the neighbor. Right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember that. There was one guy who lived uh, uh, down the way who was always like prowling around. He wanted to be my friend, which is totally acceptable. I love it. I love having friends. Right. But he was always like, he was always trying to make me do stuff for him. And I couldn't, I couldn't convince him like, if, if you want to be friends, let's just be friends and hang out. But he was always like, I need magazines. I need all the magazines you got. And I was like, number one, I don't, I don't have magazines like as a thing, man. <laughs> and he was like, I need the magazines. I'm going to cut the eyes out of them. And I was like, all right, man. Like, I wish you the best of luck in getting magazines. <laughs> I was like, you know, check the dumpster, man. Like trying to tell him. And then God, what did he want? He wanted a crock pot from me one day. And I was like, well, <sighs> like, uh, and I didn't have one, but I was like, but I mean, that's like a, that's a big investment to let somebody borrow your crock pot. Right. Cause he wanted to borrow my ice scraper one day. And the issue was that I was currently scraping my car with it. And I was like, well, I'm scraping my car right now. He's like, I just need it for a few minutes. And I was like, I need it for a few minutes. <laughs> he tried to get a crock pot from me. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, you know, the human brain is a wonderland and a toilet. Right. So I don't know why that in particular. I was just like, if you borrow a crock pot, it's going to be at least 12 hours. Right. <laughs> I don't think we even had a crock pot back then. All I know is I did not loan him a crock pot. Yeah. He always wanted something extremely weird. Very specific. Uh -huh. Very specific and weird. And then I found out that there was like either seven or eight people living in the place yeah. where he was where he was living. So he was in a chaotic situation. So, you know, sometimes people, you know, sometimes people when they're adapting to a bad situation, they have behaviors that to the untrained eye may seem irrational. <laughs> I mean, I go with the flow. I realize that people are all weird. Yeah. What are you going to do? And someone says something weird to me. I'm like, right on, man. <laughs> But there's somebody who lived in the same apartment complex who I still occasionally hear from and talk to who is who has read our comics and stuff. Yeah. And weirdly, after we lived in that little apartment, I think you had posted a picture of it on Flickr to give an idea of how many centuries ago it was. Yeah, right. Uh, but you got a message from somebody on Flickr and they were like, I live here now. And you were like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, I live in your old apartment. <laughs> And I was like, they do not. And I was like, okay, go on the main floor. There's a closet between like the dining room and the living room area. There's a closet. And when the light is just right, and she's like, oh yeah, it says Michelle is a butt slut. And I was like, you do live there. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and then you were like did you like the air conditioner we left for you and she was like they threw it away and they didn't leave it for me when we natalie had moved in with me at that point when we left the apartment i asked the property manager i said hey um we bought a little window ac to put in the bedroom window and we're moving to a place that has central ac and i want to leave this for whoever is next and then they can just have it and then they write uh -huh. and he 
he was like, oh yeah, that's awesome, sure. And he's like, do this, uh, just take it out of the window and put it in the basement. So I took the AC out and I walked down two flights of stairs with it and I put it in the basement and I did it in such a way that was like, that was like, here you go. <laughs> like this is intentionally left here, not like chucked it, just like set it very nice. And it was sort of- uh, You kissed it. I, I feel like the way that I aligned it maybe gave it the vibes of like, this is meant to be here. This is for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you get your your room temperature apartment and you find out it's actually air conditioned. What a nice, what a nice prize. But as you said, uh, the lady that moved in afterwards was like, no, there was no air conditioner. I think they threw it out. <laughs> Did they charge you to throw it out? They charged me $50. Yeah. <laughs> So a landlord is a type of bad neighbor. The na landlord's not your neighbor. No, it, no, I think you're right because uh, typically you do not live in the same neighborhood as your landlord, do you? No, no, my, I had a horrible, well, you know, I'm gonna, I was gonna say I had a horrible landlord in my first apartment, but I wasn't that good of a tenant either. <laughs> But she lived like out in the fancy part of town somewhere. Oh. I don't remember where. And she was like very affluent and we lived in like a crappy apartment on campus. Well, you know, I I think it's very noble of you to say mistakes were made by both. But uh, generally, I think the onus is on the person who controls everything that's happening. The onus is on them to make a better time for everybody. Well, to be fair, I was like really like um, casual about paying rent on time ah, and okay. I also would always have parties where I flyered up and down high street and I was like <laughs> come to this apartment like I guess I said before everyone in the apartment was my friend and so we would all agree that we were gonna have a huge party and since everyone in the apartment agreed then it's fucking on and so we would get like local bands and get kegs and shit uh -huh. like that and then we would fly up and down and be like we're having a party all these bands you like are playing and there's free beer and the parties would always go exactly how you expect yeah <laughs> <laughs> when I left that apartment, she actually uh, encouraged me to leave the apartment. <laughs> because she came, what happened was that she came over one day to check on something and she saw that we had a flyer out in the main hallway saying that we were going to have another party soon. <laughs> and I hadn't paid her rent. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like you know what you're not paying me rent you're having these huge parties that like you're not supposed to be having you should probably just go i'm like all right fine hey i'm living above the fucking pita place how's that <laughs> <laughs> that is uh you know, if you were renting an apartment on campus, I'm not going to say exactly where it is, but it was definitely on campus. <laughs> if you're renting an apartment on campus, you signed that deal with the devil. You made that red handshake. <laughs> you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. I got exactly what I paid for, which was not much. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been a part of Neighborhood Watch? Um, my own personal Neighborhood Watch. Where it's not so much that I'm trying to keep the neighborhood safe, but I'm just trying to make sure that I know everybody's business. That's my Neighborhood Watch. <laughs> I think the only here for the gossip. Yeah, the only Neighborhood Watch is there's there's a there's a house. <laughs> yeah, we have some extra great guys on the street. And you know we're blessed to not be directly around them, but. Brother, they have the cops there all the time. <laughs> yeah, they stay fighting with each other. <laughs> I think there was... Now, there's been incidents on incidents over the years, so I probably don't remember all of them, but I think they, they locked up one of them because... 
because she bit her dad. <laughs> yeah. She's the biter. I think she's gotten taken away for biting before. So I think there's like a whole, there's like a whole matrix of different intra-family crimes happening. Yeah. Uh, I wish them well, but that's usually when we're neighborhood watching, that's usually who it is. Yeah, I mean. And you gotta get, and they're not right next to us. No. They're not, they're a ways down. So you really gotta, you either gotta brave it and go out in the, in the front yard and pretend you're doing something. The thing is with them is that I feel like as long as you don't interact with them, you're safe from them. Yes. And yes. so, like, I have a very, like, monkey puppet guy from the meme relationship with them. Like, I'm like, don't look at him. Don't, like, don't pay attention to him. You know the little guy. The guy. Oh, the little guy. <laughs> The little guy where he's just looking normal and then he like looks to the side and he's like, oh shit. Yeah, that's, that's me and the neighbors across the street. You're the meme. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. Because <laughs> if, you, if you mingle with them and you let them know your name and all that, they're going to drag you in. That's how the, the situations always go. You don't want to, you don't want to touch it and track it into your house. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> that's the one rule to live a relaxed life you have to have this one rule and that is don't touch the poop Never. if you see if you see something going on stay out of it if you touch the poop now you got poop on you <laughs> it doesn't help you at all just don't touch it you know you can spend as long as you want looking at poop and going oh that's gross <laughs> Just don't get it on you. Right, right. You can stand there from across the street and be like, look at that poop. Don't ever go over there and be like, hey, poop, my name's Natalie. I'm right there across the street. <laughs> so Natalie's guide to life. That's rule number one. Yeah, I can tell you some pro tips for life, assuming that you have the same life goals as me, which is like, leave me alone. <laughs> That is a big conditional. Assuming you want all the same things as me, I could really help you. <laughs> I'll tell you what's worked for me so far. <laughs> Don't touch the poop. It's like a big one. I'll, I'll tell you, it really comes down to two things for me is I want everything that I want and everyone has to like me. I don't even care if people like me. <laughs> Life could be so simple. I, you know why? You know, it's because I try so hard to have great vibes all the time. I try so hard to never make any choices that are going to hurt other people. And I try really hard to, like, be generous and share with people and all that shit. And so if someone doesn't like me, I don't even give a shit because it's obviously their problem. It's obviously their problem, man. I didn't fucking do shit. <laughs> all I did was fucking chill out and be cool. If they don't like it, then I don't want to be friends with them anyway. <laughs> it's a great way to look at it. Natalie, before we go, do we have any facts about neighbors? Did you know that rural residents are more likely than people in suburban and urban areas to know all or most of their neighbors? That makes sense. That seems like a survival thing. Yeah. Like you really, you got to know if there's nothing within five miles, you at least got to know the people around you, right? It's the animal crossing, man. If you get a small enough group of people, you got to know them. It is. Absolutely. Think about it. I'm going to find me a house, buy it off of a raccoon, grow some apples, see what happens. <laughs> Uh, did you know that 40% of Americans try to avoid their neighbors intentionally? That's oh, me. yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say often, but I've I've heard tell. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't see it often. I don't witness people avoiding me, but... Uh, 20% of people suspect that their neighbors are spying on them. I don't feel like the neighbors are spying on me. I don't, I don't feel like any of the neighbors are spying on me. Not right now. We've had some wacko ones. There was a lady who, uh, I think she was selling oxys. Yeah. This was like 20 years ago. We lived someplace. Uh, there was a lady, I'm pretty sure she was selling oxys or some other pill. She just had pill vibes to yeah, me. Yeah, sure. And I always got the feeling she was looking in the windows. And uh, she had somebody back out and and uh, run into my car. And then she was always, she was so weird about that afterwards. It contributed to us moving out. Yeah. Plus, it's like after we kind of figured out she was uh, doing weird pill stuff, it's kind of like, ah, well. She was always causing drama, like laying in her yard and moaning and groaning and stuff. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm neighborly. I try to be yeah, nice. Yeah. And I would run over the cross street and be like, oh, are you okay? Do you need help? Let me help you up. And she'd be like, leave me alone. I'm like, all right. Word. Bye. <laughs> It's like this yeah. this is like fucking my vibes up. I think it's just city life, man. I think city life fucks everyone's brains up and then I don't like having to deal with people who are all fucked up by city life. I think everybody gets crammed in like that and everybody's on edge. I think Kowloon Walled City may have been destroyed, but I think we're all living in Kowloon Walled City now. Right, right. <laughs> if you ask me, it's more like Kowloon Walled Country. <laughs> Who named it the United States of America when it should have been called Kentucky Fried Country? <laughs> uh, so what did you learn about neighbors today? Nothing. I got to say precious little. I was, I was there. <laughs> I was there for most of it. My main neighbor regret is I regret that I uh, was never able to go to one of your parties. Yeah. Before I moved up here. One of your massive non-rent paying parties. <laughs> I just, uh... I was living in the other apartment before I met you. Well, I really, I really appreciate the ideological goals you had of <laughs> not, not paying your landlord and partying. <laughs> I think, it, I think in a country where more people do that, maybe, uh... Maybe we'll all get kicked out of our apartments. Yeah. <laughs> they can't kick us all out. If you uh, haven't yet, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. That's where you get access to the Discord. That's where you get the 140, 150, something like that. 160. I don't know. Thousands of episodes you've never heard. 190. So many episodes. And thanks again. Who suggested this episode? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, Becca Bean and Pizzackly 3. Two of our friends from Discord, Becca the Bean. smartest of all of them. And Pizzacli 3, two of the smartest people in there. Well, Thanks. The smartest people in the world, probably. Thanks to them for suggesting this. Uh, and Natalie, I, I don't even think I need to ask you. If you had to pick one person who's the best neighbor of all. Cory Grella. She definitely keeps to herself. That I is, don't feel like she's spying on me. I, do, I feel like she is very hands-off, and I feel like she is respectful of people just trying to make art and live their lives. Right. It's really, what else can you ask for? You know, if you need somebody to always be poking into your business, maybe you got to handle your business better. Right. Just shush up, leave them alone, the Corey Grella way. She'll appreciate it. She probably will not get in your business enough to even tell you, but she will appreciate it. She'll know. Yeah, right. <laughs> And hey, if you wanted to escape the horrors of city life, Natalie, but you wanted to stay in central Ohio, tell me, where would you go? Harlem Township. 
That's where all great neighbors live. They do. They probably know each other. It's way more rural. Yeah, right. They're like, yeah, I need your snow blower. And they're like, here you go, buddy. I need some oil for my snow blower. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's the Harlem Township way. They don't do Let's it anywhere blow else. Let's snow, baby. That's, you know, I feel like I can just, it takes me right there to Harlem Township. Right. Let's blow snow, baby. Right. <laughs> The nicest of the 18 townships in Delaware County, Ohio. Ohio. Thanks again to Becca Bean and Pizakli3 for suggesting this. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again very soon. I love you. Goodbye.